morning, everybody. Welcome to Coffee with Casey. We sit down and take a look at the market, market conditions, and ask ourselves, how can it possibly be a great seller's market and a great buyer's market at the exact same time? How, how, how does that happen? So today we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about some statistics. We're going to go over technology. But what I want to do is we'll talk about how the smart sellers win and how smart buyers win in the same market. So let's, let's take a look at the stats. Now, you know, Donnie, the guy that runs this company, and I were talking about all the stats today. And this is extremely important when we're trying to give information to buyers and sellers on how to navigate this market. So one of the things I like to look at is the inventory. How is the inventory in today's market, right? We know it's down, but how much is it down and where is it down? And how do we take that to our advantage? So there's not a realtor in the country right now that is happy with their bank account. Nobody is happy right now. So the question is, you know, are you, do something, are you doing something wrong or is it just the market or what's going on? Well, it's basically the market, okay? So inventory, and let me tell you how I arrive at this and why it's important. I take the last 90 days. How many homes were listed in the last 90 days? And then the same period a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, five years ago, what was listed in those time periods and what is their average, right? So you need an average, you know, for the last 90 days, we usually get, let's say, 100 listings on the market. Well, now we run it today, these 90 days, and we only have 50. So what does that tell you? The market is off 50%. Inventory is down 50%. So the question is, if you're not doing as much business as you thought, is it the market or is it some technology or something you're doing wrong? It's the market. It's down if you look all the way to the end, you can see there's, I think that's Vienna and Oakton and, you know, all the different towns. Some towns are, are lower than others, but on average, we're down 37% in the last 90 days of inventory. Now, how is that important and why, who is that important to, right? Well, it's extremely important to a seller. Let's say I'm thinking about selling my house, okay? And uh, I want to... I you want to sell your house when you have the least amount of competitors. Okay, so two are active, five are under contract. Now's the time I want to get on the market. Why? Because you are in a seller's market and you can dictate terms and dictate, not necessarily dictate price, but the people are fighting over what little inventory there is. Okay, two things will affect prices. Two, and they both have to happen. Interest rates and inventory, okay? So as interest rates go sky high, that brings prices down. And we've seen it. They're down 10 to 12%. But the inventory, when the inventory goes up, prices come down. The inventory never went up. So in interest rates went up, but inventory is down. That's what has kept above where I think they should be at. And I think they're still sitting. The price of a house is still about 6 to 8% higher then it could be should a bunch of inventory show up. So if, if interest rates stay where they are and inventory comes in, then prices are going to fall another 8 to 10%. It's just the way it is, right? Right now we got 7% interest rates. Now, so when I'm giving advice to a seller and I'm saying, should we sell now or should we wait till the spring? There's nobody on the market right now. Look at this chart. We need to move right this second because that can change very quickly. If we get to the spring and interest rates fall a little bit and all of a sudden everybody goes, I'm putting my house on the market. Now, let me just go back. When you're old, when you're old, 
you, you take these off. When you're old, you have bad memories, right? You have memories of 2008, 2016. What happened in 2016? Well, everything was going wonderfully, and then all of a sudden, everybody put their house on the market. At one time, a snapshot showed 62 homes on the market in Vienna, over $1.5 million, 62, and two were under contract. Now, do you want to sell in that market? Because that's what I see could happen in spring of 2024. So I'm moving fast. I'm moving while there's no inventory on the market. So how important is that chart to me and what I'm telling my sellers? It's critical that I know this. So I look at what happens every week, every month, every quarter, and every year. And I compare it to the averages before, right? So this is incredibly important data. Um, Donnie is a data junkie. I'm a data junkie. And, and you need to manipulate or look at this data to tell you what the picture is. Now, how can this, this means it's a great time to sell. Now, how can it also be a great time to buy? Look at this chart right here. You blow that up so I can see that there, Justin. Thank you. This is the 90-day success rate. Now, let me tell you what a success rate is. A success rate is, let's say, 10 houses go on the market. How many of those houses in the last 90 days, 10 homes go on the market, 100 houses go on the market, how many of them sold and how many of them didn't sell, right? So if, if in the last 90 days, 100 houses goes on the market and only 55 sold, then your success rate, or is under contract, then your success rate is 55%. What happened to the other Okay, They didn't prepare correctly. They did something wrong. So this is literally the success rate for the last 90 days, and this was generated two days ago, in every market around the, the area that we use. So look at Haymarket. 41% of the homes, now get your arms around this for a minute, 41% of the homes that were listed in Haymarket either sold or went under contract in the last 90 days. Inventory is down 30 or 40%? Tell you, I'll just quickly, I'll tell you why. So pricing goes up, pricing goes down. So that's, that's what our chart looks like right now. And what happens is everybody priced their house up here thinking the prices were still up here. They're not up there anymore. They're down here. So you see, that's why data is timely. You need to know what the data is. You need to know what's selling in today. So, again, Donnie and I were just having a discussion, and I said, we really don't look as much at what's sold in the last 90 days because it may have sold in the last 90 days, but those are on contracts that were written 120 days ago to 150 days ago. So that's really old data, right? It's old data. What we're more looking at is what have the homes sold that are under contract? In other words, if it's pending, what were those selling for? And I'm going to give you a short a shortcut today. We're going to talk about some shortcuts that I can give you. Uh, you know how it may have sophisticated pricing models and all the rest of that stuff. But I'm going to give you shortcuts on how to keep an eye on it. But let's just say you run the um, the pendings, and the pendings are all under contract at 108% of assessment, and the sales are all under contract at 114% of assessment. What does that tell you? Prices are down, right? tells you the prices are soft. What's selling today is not what the prices were back then. So the buyers, a smart buyer, is looking at this going, well, almost half of the homes did not sell, failed to sell. Bad homes? No. Possibly bad advice. 
Possibly they didn't fix it up. Possibly they overpriced it. But what I say is that's opportunities, right? So we're going out to buyers going, look, we have 45, 50% of the market that failed to sell. That's opportunity buyer, right? So I think that the buyer, can it be a good seller's market and a good buyer's market? Absolutely, it could be both, right? Smart sellers, smart buyers. So as I'm looking down this chart, and again, and this is not, this is not uh, uh, bragging about anything, but if you see the success rates are somewhere in the average of 55%, 45% don't sell. And we looked at, you know, is our pricing model still working? Does our marketing plan working? Is all of our stuff still humping? So 97% of them of our listings sold, okay? So, so it's, it's our, there's nothing wrong with what we were doing. And when you listen to somebody, and we had this big argument in my team meeting yesterday, we all hear a bunch of noise. Uh, you got to do this. You got to do that. There's tons of technology out there. There's tons of advice. But we're trying to authenticate the advice that people are giving us. When somebody gives you advice, I don't want to say do they know what they're talking about or does it work for them? Is it, can you show statistics that the advice you're giving me is, is good, right? That I want to change the direction of my team away from that 97% and do something else? I'm not changing anything at that point, but I'm, we're always listening to the noise to see if we can grab a nugget, something that could help our sellers. We have 16 pieces of technology we use in order to, to establish our listings, 97% success rate. There's 16 points, touch points of technology that we use. So we're always listening for number 17. And we're always checking to make sure those 16 are working. And when I get this, it authenticates that those things are working. So, so the question is, how can it be good buyers and good sellers? I think we've all seen there's plenty of inventory. I mean, the, the inventory is gone, which is great opportunity for sellers. And, and we do this on a weekly basis. So I know if it, if it changes, there's, there's a, if, if it changes on Tuesday, we know about it on Wednesday. So you've got to have your finger on the pulse. And the reason is because we're professional realtors, the Samson Properties. Oh, by the way, let me just say another thing. So let's look at this, these numbers. In the average in this market, 55% of the homes uh, have successfully sold. That's right next to ours. And 45 did not. So I run Samson Properties. I said, well, give me all the listings Samson Properties did. And what's our success rate at Samson Properties? 70% of the homes that, that were listed on Samson Properties company-wide successfully sold. And 30 did not. So... Um, I mean, Donnie throw, there's so much stuff here, so much information and, um, and tools that we can use here. Um, is it working? Well, 70% pretty damn good number. It's better than the market. You're beating the market. So whatever advice the Samson agents are getting and using is helpful. And, and uh, uh, Ferris and I are going to go to a mastermind um, uh, meeting here in a, you know, at lunch. And there's the top people at Samson Properties all these top producers, and everybody's talking about the, you know, what's going on. We share information. You talk about a company culture, the, um, the top producers spill their guts. We spill our guts. What, what's working for you? What's not working? Is time good? Is time bad? Are you doing this? How are you getting your newsletters out? Everybody's got AI information, you know, and, and we have our team meeting. We're arguing over AI, you know, is this work or not? And, and AI is 
can go in a hundred different directions. So what piece of the AI can integrate into those 16 pieces of technology? Of those 16 pieces, probably two or three are AI. Okay, so, um, so let's talk about, go ahead and hit, hit the next screen. And, and I'm gonna go over some shortcuts with you. And again, just so that people can um, go through some pricing shortcuts and all this. Again, pricing is the key. No number two. There is no number two. So the marketing and the home prep and all you can market your tail off, but if you haven't priced it right, nobody's coming. And if you haven't done your predictive analysis, nobody's coming. So let's talk about a quick, easy way that everybody can determine what their prices are. Okay. Just you've got to be able to use Excel. You can't be a realtor unless you can use Excel. So you go onto the MLS, you determine based on similar size and similar age and a similar radius, your five best comps. Give me my five best comps. Okay, just, oh, am I supposed to hit that? Hit that, got it. <laughs> you and I are dancing. Oh, we're dancing. So all I do is scrape it off the MLS and put it onto a simple spreadsheet like this, right? And the data that I brought over is the address the tax assessment, days on market, age, size, above grade only, lot square footage, the list price, and the close price. And for those of you that are listening to this on a podcast, all I'm doing is showing a screen of what my Excel spreadsheet looks like. So on the, on the right side, that price per square foot and the percentage of assessment, those are calculated fields. And all you have to do is take your five best comps, put them on a spreadsheet, and then take that close price, so in that, the field that says price per square foot, you say equals the closed price divided by the square footage. And that gives you your price per square foot. So the price per square foot of the house, some are higher, some are lower, but the average is $318 a square foot. That's a pretty good place to start. $318 a square foot, that's a great place to start. Apply that to the home that you're trying to price or to, the, to your home. If you're a seller looking at this, just... You do this. Now, the next field that we calculate is say, take the closed price and divide it by the assessment. And you get, in the first case, you get 116%. The second place, you get 109%. And then 115, 113, 110. So the average is 113%. So you'll always hear me say, hey, sales are at 113, 113%, but pendings are only at 108 it tells me that the pendings are selling at 108% of their assessment. What does that mean? That means that prices are soft. Prices are going down. People are, the homes that are going under contract are going under contract for less than they sold for. So, so when I run this in a market like this, that's extremely volatile and you've got to stay ahead of and it's changing, I actually run as many pendings as I do sales. So if the sales are at, um, let me use it, let's say the sales are at 600000 and the pendings are at 108, which is 175, uh, 575000 We need to know that because maybe, maybe six hundred isn't going to do it. And, and that brings me to, uh, I'm going to skip over one thing right now. I'm going to go right to predictive analysis. So let's say we choose, we look at this and say inventory is down. We know we have control of the market but the pendings are selling at 575 and the sales are up at 600. We are in a pretty tight range. I know Zillow says it's worth 650. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Appreciate all your help, Zillow. 
and Realtor.com and Redfin and all these junkies that, that tell you what you're, oh, it's 725. I, look, in my market, like we'll, we'll price a house, it's, it's 1.4. And Zillow could be at 1.65. And the other one could be at 118. And I'm like, well, what is it, 118 or 165? You know, we as realtors cannot take anybody else's advice. We need to run our own data. We need to do our own homework. We're professionals. We price stuff. So, so this is a shortcut for you guys on pricing. But let me go right to, I'm going to get through this, and I'm going to go to the predictive analysis. Let's say in a coming soon period, you're going to put on a house at coming soon, and you're going to say, what's going on? Well, there's a thing called a hit counter on the MLS. That's the, the screen in the upper right. The hit counter says, this listing has this many people with storage searches, this many people opened the storage search, and this many people love it. So from that data, you can tell how big is my buyer pool and how many people love it. Well, if my buyer pool is 70 and nobody loves it, I'm at the wrong number. It's just telling me right now, you're at the wrong number, man. You know, there's no buyer pool at 600. The buyer pool is either 575 or 550, somewhere around in there for this house. Okay. Over on the left-hand side, that's called showing time. So when all is said and done, you could put it on the internet and geofencing and all your marketing and everything. The bottom line is, anybody coming? Anybody coming to see the house? So if we have two people coming to see the house, I'm at the wrong number. Sorry, man. You, you're gonna, it's going to take more than two people looking at that house to sell that house. I need at least eight. Because in coming soon, if you have eight, then it will double as soon as you activate. And then you have 16, and now we're ready to go. Now, now uh, it takes seven showings to get one contract. Now I got enough. Now let's rock and roll. So that's why that number of coming soon. So let's say we pick the number 600. And I tell the seller, don't get married to that 600. Because we may have to move down. If I don't find the buyer pool, we're going to have to move down. So here we're getting ready to list on Thursday. On Wednesday, I call them up and say, nobody's coming. We missed the price. We missed the price. we got to get down. Okay? Now, at our level, most of our listings are in the million-plus range. So our level is a $50,000 increment. Now, at six hundred, maybe it's a $25,000 increment. Maybe that's where your buyer pools are, right? So you got to know your buyer pools. But... You know, the bottom line is I've just given you a simple shortcut to price it and and get that estimated value. And then I've given you a quick shortcut on predictive analysis. Go to showing time, see if anybody's coming. Go to hit counter and see how big your buyer pool is and whether anyone loves it. And then here's the bottom line. This is the hard part. You got to tell the seller. You got to tell the seller. You can't just go, oh, I know this guy's going to get hit by a bus. You got to tell him, hey, man, we're going to get hit by a bus. We got we to move. And that's a hard conversation. I will tell you, I have that tough conversation with a seller um, five or six times a month that I have to say, we got to move down, especially in times like this. We've got to move down. Even in 2022, when things were buzzing, we put on a one, one, three, five. Sorry, man, nobody's coming. Oh, oh no. I really needed one, three, five. I, 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 again, let me just say this. 
Don't ever tell me what you need because that's a bad, don't, don't say that because that, that inhibits what I'm trying to do. I, it doesn't matter what you need. It only matters what we can get. So I don't want what you need to interfere with my advice on what you're going to get, right? My job is to get everybody the top price, shortest period of time, best terms. So what you need has no bearing on what I'm going to do, right? So I, I really try not to hear that. So anyways, um, you have to tell the seller. We go to a listing. Got to paint it. Just painted it. You painted it yellow. Uh, I'm not going to paint it. Like, well, Got to paint it. And unfortunately, and again, this is why my advice, and anybody that's thinking about selling their house and watches Coffee with Casey, don't do anything until you call us. When you paint a house yellow, you have to repaint the house. When you bring um, brand new brass hardware into a house, it's got to go. Sorry. Don't spend that $2,500. Don't spend the three grand to make it look old, right? There are things that date a house online. Everybody's going to see your house online. You make a big deal out of photography and websites and social media, all so that you could see this house. And when they see that house, if it looks dated, old lighting, old paint, yellow paint, maroon paint, uh, gold hardware, Next, next. So my estimate is, even though he doesn't want to do it, I got to tell him you're going to have to do it. And he doesn't want to do this. He's going to have to do it. The estimate of value of not painting it and selling it dated or painting it and selling it real is the difference between 1525 and 1625. That's $100,000. Now, that's basically, and again, Nothing is for sure, but after doing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, I can tell you that's just the way I feel about it. And that's what the numbers say. And I've seen this movie. I know how the movie ends. If you don't, it's going to be five, 155, 1525, and it's going to struggle. Or it's going to be 16 or 1625, and it's going to go fast without a home inspection. So, so, you know, it's up to the realtor to not say, well, I haven't had a listing in two months. I need the, I need the thing. I need to get a sign in the front yard. Yeah, if you don't want to paint it, that's fine paint it. If you think it needs to be painted, you have to tell them. You have to tell them. That 97%, by having 90% of my cent of my listings sell, that means you can get a ton of new listings. Everybody trusts you because your listings sell. But in order to get that position, you got to tell them. Because they're going to look at you. And again, when I was a young realtor, I was like, I'm, I'm not going to push them. I'll just do it. And then all of a sudden, they come back to you at 30 days ago. Why is my house not selling? Because you didn't paint it. You didn't change the hardware. You didn't, do, you didn't price it where it should be. And that's why the older you get, you just kind of get crusty. Now, nope, this is where we're pricing it. Uh, you're not going to come back at me and tell me, why is my house not selling? Your house is going to sell. Because... The thing about it is, well, you do get crusty. I mean, come on. But I found that the whole secret to it is, and this is the motto of my team, is the truth will set you free. For God's sakes, just tell them the truth. And I'll tell you why. Because husbands and wives don't always agree. I know that's a shock. Husbands and wives don't agree. 
So you can't say, well, the seller thinks. No, there's two sellers. And uh, to be politically correct, let's just call it two sellers. And one of them is thinking the way you're thinking. One of them is saying, you got to paint it, and you got to do this, and you got to price it here, and you got to paint it that. All we're doing is giving the evidence to the one that's right. And then I'm out. I'm going, I'm just going to give you my advice. my recommendations. I highly recommend you take it. Highly, highly, highly recommend you take it. And I'm just giving the ammunition to the seller that's right. And one person's like, I'm not taking a cent less. Went in a house. was worth $1.4 million. Guy goes, I'm not taking a dollar less than $2 million. <laughs> Pull the briefcase up. I got to go. <laughs> I'm going to go down to Vienna and have a pop. I got to go. And, uh, and that thing has sat for a, a whole year. I don't know where it is now, but it's been on the market for a long, long time. It's not going anywhere, okay? And the longer it sits, the more it hurts. So I guess the bottom line is we really have, and that's why I do Coffee with Casey. You just got to tell them this is, there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. You can do it the wrong way, but eventually 45% of you have to come back on the market after you failed. And, and I got to tell you, I mean, you know, if somebody gets their house ready and puts it on the market and then has to show it and goes through all of that and people call and say, I'm coming by to see your house, you got to go out and they do open house, that's strength. That's very stressful. And when nobody wants your house and nobody's going to buy it and you're not getting any contracts, you're getting the run, you know, that's, that's a nightmare. Now, let me tell you where it's, where, where it's more even more serious. So inventory is down, and we know, 40%, right? So that's only because the only people selling need to sell, right? It's not they want to sell. They have to sell. So death, somebody died, they got to sell the house. Uh, divorce, uh, we're splitting up, I got to sell the house, and I'm going my way, and she can have it there. Okay. Uh, downsizing, um, I lost my job. I got to get a smaller house. I got, I got to sell my house. Uh, and that's, that falls also into the desperation part. So people lose their jobs. People can't afford it anymore. For whatever reason, I just said the market's down 40%. Some people are not going to survive this market. Some people are, are not going to survive it. So, so you have people that are going into foreclosure. They can't pay their bills. So, and, and I probably have seen more of that in the last two months than I've seen in the last you know, since 2008. It feels like 2008's a little bit, you know? So anyways, those 45% of the homes that came off the market needed to sell them. Yeah, they don't, they don't have a choice. Now you got to come back out and you failed. Now what are you going to do? Now what are you going to do? You start all over again. Yeah. This is, this one I'm talking about, this, this is a withdrawal. And um, I'm not going to paint. I already withdrew once. Uh, I'm not going to change this. Not, uh, already, you know, it's already withdrawn. If you want it to sell, the truth will set you free. Truth will set you free. If you want to sell, here's your price. We're going to test it on predictive analysis. Here's what you got to do to the house, because that's what everybody else is doing on that 97%. That's just what they did, right? And I have these incredibly great agents that work with me, like Morgan and Kelly and Billy and Pat and Pam and all. You know, we'll go in, Colby, and, and we'll go in, and I'm not the one telling you what you need to do. The 30-somethings will. They're like, no, yellow paint looks awful. Why? Because your buyer is not an old, crusty guy. It's a young wife, mom, husband. They want 
to see that. That's what's selling. If you look at bait the hook with what they're eating, right? What they're fishing. Go. Let's go. It's called catching, not fishing, right? We're trying to catch. We don't want to fish. So anyways, you need to bait the hook properly. And in order to do that, let me give you one shortcut on getting these houses prepped. Let's say it's just the wrong color, right? And you, and you think about painting the house. It's expensive and all. But it's really not painting everything, right? It's just a color swap. Like, we're just going to color swap the walls. They, they look yellow. We don't do the trim. We don't do the doors. We don't do the ceilings. We just swap the walls out. Just swap the colors out on the wall. So it's a color swap. And that's a, that is a, um, a median between doing, you know, painting the whole house and not painting the whole house. What's the, what's the, what's the middle road? Let's just color swap it. it. It'll cost you probably 50 to 60% of what a normal paint job would cost. And, and when a person looks in, they're going to see Revere Pewter, Oyster Bay, Calm. They're going to see the hip, nice, cool colors. That lighting fixture, uh, that's a $350 lighting fixture. I'll pull it off of, uh, you know, one of our group's home, home, whatever Morgan and Kelly do. They find it, a drum, and have it shipped to the house. They put it up and it looks great. Okay. Cool colors, cool fixture, cool house. A shortcut, right? This is really easy. So um, if you think it needs paint, then paint it. If you think they need new hardware, then they got to do it. Not like I'm going to do it. And like you're going to do it. I'm going to get a guy to do it. Got a guy for that, right? Call, it, call the handyman in, you know, 2500 bucks. You've gone from gold that turns people off to matte black that turns people on. Before you know it, everybody's coming to the house, updated, 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 updated price. The difference between a dated price and an updated price is 20%. 20%. Look at the, look at the prices we just saw. Let, let, me, let me go back here real quick. Watch this. Yeah, there you go, Justin, that one. So the difference between $280 a square foot, let's call it, and $350 a square foot is uh, $70. $70 is 20% of $351. Correct? Somebody got $351, somebody got $279. Hit that one right on the button, folks. Just telling you, there's a customary value for a house. That is what normally you would expect. But if you really decked it out, you're getting 10% higher. If you didn't deck it out, you're getting 10% lower. So all I'm saying with the, the subject property that I'm talking to is, is you are not a customary, you're a dated. In order to get to customary, it's going to cost you $10,000, $12,000. And when you get to that, it's a 10% increase. In this case, I'm estimating about 100,000 bucks. So $10,000 investment, returning $100,000 um, um, profit on the house is about standard for what we see. So it's a seven to 10 to one return on investment for cosmetic items only. So what we talked about is we talked about market conditions today. Inventory is down 40%. Now is a great time for sellers to come out if they're smart. If they listen to their realtors, they price it right and do what we've said, they're going to win, and they're going to win big, right? 97% of our sellers do. The 
Uh, success rate is only 55%, which means there's a lot of inventory that did not sell. They were overpriced, underprepared for whatever reason. You know, today is November of 2023. Maybe they priced it in 2022 prices. But for whatever reason, those people's house didn't sell, which creates a shadow inventory, big inventory for buyers, good opportunity. Interest rates are going down and they're going to be going down further. So if you watch the 10-year treasuries, Watch the 10-year treasuries. They're now down to about 4.4%. 30-year rate should be about 1.7% higher than that or 1.6%. Right now, they're at 7.125. I'm telling you, they're headed to 6. So we're keeping an eye on that. We're watching it. So the buyers, don't lock in your rates. Let them float. The rates are floating down. Just let this float down a little bit. Um, And now is a great opportunity for buyers because you know what? In 2022, you know what you couldn't do? Couldn't buy a house. If you wanted to buy a house, couldn't buy one. Why? There's eight contracts. <coughs> People are paying stupid prices. They're, they're paying $1.4 million for a $1.2 million house. So you either pay $1.4 for a $1.2 million house or you don't get the house. So you know what you couldn't do in 2022? Couldn't buy a house. You know what you can do in 2023? You can buy a house. You can get a good price on it now. Yeah. Go find somebody that overpriced it. And what we do is we go in and say, um, actually, your house is worth this. It's not worth that. I can prove it. I can prove it four different ways why your house is worth this. So the buyer goes in. They offer a contract. The contract is at what it should be. Now you get good price, good terms, no competition. Great time to be a buyer in the market. My name is Casey Sampson. You've been listening to Coffee with Casey. You can reach me at 703 508 2535 or Casey at CaseySampson.com. If you want to stay up to date on market conditions, go to CaseySampson.com and click on Market Snapshot. You can see what's going on every week, and you can see what's going on in each market based on price. We'll see you again next week on Coffee with Casey. Thanks. Thanks.